What up? <laughs> yeah, no. Go ahead. What's up, guys? And welcome to another episode of Queer Bait Podcast, where two queer chicks talk queer shit. I'm Ainsley, and with me, as always, my partner in crime, Maureen. Hello. <laughs> so you <laughs> guys missed it, but Maureen did, in fact, try to do the intro. <laughs> And it was amazing, and I'm going to keep it for a very special day. <laughs> no, edited it out. <laughs> That's unfortunate. So, I feel like I always introduce. Yes. So, hit okay. me with what we're talking about today. Today we're talking about queer fashion. LGBTQ fashion stereotypes. I don't know. Yeah, I would say just queer fashion in, in general. Um, kind of like what it, what we were when we were children, like, oh, yeah, like what we wore, as opposed to, like, what we've grown into Ooh. now, and kind of just, like, the general stereotypes, you know. Mm-hmm. We get to learn a lot of um, queer words today to kind of describe different types of queer. <laughs> and and I think we're mostly going to focus on the queer women aspect, because... Yeah, we... I- that's all we know. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what, like, queer men wore when they were three as opposed to, like, what they wear <laughs> now. Three. I mean, I feel like they're really put together, and, like, they they actually know, like, what size pants to buy. Depending on the type of gay man. Yeah, but you know. I, I think, but based like, off stereotypes, yes. Yes, a stereotypical gay man really knows how to match colors well, <laughs> which I wish I had, and knows how to find clothes, because, like, I, I always, like, imagine them, like, the pants is always what gets me. Because, like, for <laughs> me, like, I really struggle, because, like, in my head, I'm like, okay here's my size, here's the size that I want, which size should I actually get? Yeah. You know, and also I never get anything tailored, so, like, I feel like I never get, like, the right (laughs) fit, but, like, the stereotypical gay man to me has, like, really nice fitting pants. Yes. And, like, knows how to, like, de-wrinkle a shirt. True. And I feel like that... well, I feel like they also have really nice hair, too. Yeah, but is that, that is that, like, a queer gay man stereotype, or is that just, like, sh- our stereotype of straight men? We just think the opposite. Yes. Maybe. You know, maybe. Like, straight men, sloppy, <laughs> so gay men, bye. Yeah, because, like, but the hair is, like, a really interesting thing that I didn't even think about. Like, I don't know if you would include that in style, but oh, I feel definitely. like... Oh, definitely. Like it's the main factor, I would say. I think your hair speaks volumes. Mm. Oh, ha <laughs> <laughs> um, Yeah, I didn't even think of hair. Like, now that I think of, like, TV shows with, like, gay men, like, they always had, like, like, Will Ugh. and Grace. Like, Will always had, like, the little, like, I call it the duck butt hair. Never watched Will and Grace. Yeah, well, it's it's that hair where it's, like, it's slicked forward and then it's kind of, like, spiky just in the front. Oh. And it's, like, a little duck butt tail. Interesting. Yeah, I call it the duck. But it was super, super popular in the 90s. And boy, did he pull it off. Man. Yeah, so I think hair is really important. So is that where, where we should start? Should we start with our our childhood haircuts? Because yes. I've had some good ones. Okay, you go first here. Um, I don't think I brushed my hair until I was 16. Oh my god. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, I always had super long, very blonde hair. Mm-hmm. My hair was super blonde. Not platinum, but like be- beachy. You know, I grew up on Catalina Island then I grew up near a beach town, so, like, I always kind of had, like, that beachy surfer hair, I guess, uh-huh. you know, where it's not, like, it's brushed out, but it still kind of looks like... Still beachy waves. Almost gnarly, but, like... Yeah, gnarly is, like, a good word, because, like, it didn't have knots in it, because, like, I conditioned and took care of it, it but, like, when you're hair. in, like, the sea air, you know, yeah. um, it kind of just gets, I don't know, matted looking? Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> I always had that 
for a super long time until I moved to Beaumont, which I don't think anybody really knows where the heck Beaumont, California is. Whenever <laughs> I say, oh, I grew up in Beaumont, people think, like, Texas, because, like, Footloose, oh Beaumont, Texas. Oh my gosh, that Texas. sounds right about right. Yeah, yeah, everybody thinks I grew up in Texas, and I'm like, have you Honestly, heard? that sounds kind of cooler than Beaumont, California. Maybe you should <laughs> yeah. stick with that one. Yeah. <laughs> but no, uh, and then um, it's kind of like this little, like, when I went there, it's, it's very different now, but when I went there, it's very um, cow farm. Mm-hmm. esque and it's funny like I've told you the story where it's like the first time I've ever seen a cow because like I grew up on Catalina Island then I grew up in a beach town like I had never seen a cow until I was like nine when I moved to Bowen I was like oh shit like, what is that like I knew what cows were but like until you've seen one because like you always see like the old McDonald picture books where yeah. it's like this white with like black spotted like cows and in reality cows are pretty ugly and they're not usually all uniformly black spots yeah i was just like what the hell is that my parents like that's a cow (laughs) like i'm the dumbass like why is that cow black (laughs) i was like i've never seen an actual cow before and i didn't know cows had horns (laughs) <laughs> that sounds really stupid, but, like, pictures is getting... No picture book portrays cattle with horns. It really doesn't. So I was just, like, a... off topic, but that's kind of my life. So then when I hit Beaumont, my hair, <laughs> instead of being, like, this matted, kind of, like, beachy wave, mm-hmm. went, like, it was, like, oh, what is this non-beach atmosphere? <laughs> I'm just gonna, like, create these weird curls everywhere. Like, you've seen my hair... When, like, I don't put any product in it, like, fresh Ooh. out the shower when it dries. It doesn't just curl. Mm-hmm. Curl is an understatement. It has layers of waves to it that stick out. And not in, like, a cute way. Not no. Speaking, but <laughs> it just goes in every which direction like you get, it like, wants. like, cute curls. Like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> like, ringlets. But no, it's not no. It's not anything like that. It's janky. Like, <laughs> like, it looks like pinhead. Like, my hair just, like, goes every which direction. So I think I've had, like, a real struggle with my hair. Like, I loved my beach hair. But, mm-hmm. like, it wouldn't make sense in cowsville usa yeah you know and then it just it did something funky so i've always had like and then you just had like long hair in high school right yeah i just had yeah i I would straighten it every day you know because there's no salvaging (laughs) my natural hair i don't think and like i'm all for people that can do like the natural hair look like i wish i could and like i am one of those people that's like really lazy Uh but i think when it comes to my hair there's just you gotta do something to it or else it just looks really really bad i don't know but, yeah, evolution of hair, I think, kind of went with my clothing. Mm-hmm. What did you start off with? I don't know. My hair didn't really matter. I In kindergarten, I had bangs, like those straight across <laughs> bangs, and I put my hair into two. Well, I wouldn't. My mom would curse her for Everybody this. had those bangs. Oh, my it's dad. It's the 90s. Everybody. My dad would cut my bangs at home. Oh, my oh gosh. gosh. Yeah. He would straight across with the scissors, <laughs> and then my mom would put it into two little long pigtails uh-huh. on the side. I was cute as a button. And then I got older, and I was just less, less cute, but I don't know, my hair's always been straight in high school, I... Yeah, your hair is naturally pretty straight. It's very relaxed hair, and yeah, in high school, when I decided, like, I wanted to be the gayest person on the block, I cut (laughs) all of it off. (laughs) My mom was horrified. I think she might have cried about it. She didn't know what a pixie cut was. You were in high school what year, so we get some context of, like, because, like, I think this... I don't want them to know my age. But this was, like, the height of pixie cut, I would say. 
Like, I think, like, you know, like, back in the day, like, pixie cuts weren't really, like, a big thing. Like, Mia Farrow, mm-hmm. like, you know, like, it wasn't, like, the super known thing. Like, but, like, I think when I was in high school, I started seeing more and more actresses chop their hair off. You know, and now even more so, it's gotten more popular with women. That's like, a really good Cara point. Like, Cara Delamine. Um, that was, I think I saw Carrie Mulligan. Oh, okay. You know what? I saw her hair, and I was like, oh my gosh, that's so cute. Mm -hmm. And I could use a little dose of gayness to my style. Yeah, so you think the pixie cut still when you were in high school represented gayness because now it doesn't because it's like scarlett johansson ha- has had one that's true kind of you know like what? every actress now has done the like anne hathaway yeah but well she did that for a role <laughs> I mean. well you know what but she kept it she looks good but so i think i just saw these people and i was like you know what i want to look more gay i don't have enough flannels in my closet and i can't afford a bunch of flannels so you're not even at flannels yeah flannels could be its own well, so i was just like i'm just gonna cut off all my hair and my mother was horrified i came yeah. home and i loved it let me tell you i came home i've seen pictures it was amazing it grew out to be a little no you know what (laughs) it was amazing at the beginning okay and i styled it really poorly because high school so it was just high school and like styling was not good i mean hopefully for anybody but like for me especially i just like could not style it for the life of me yeah i have some really ugly pictures of that and it's just yeah but so you know what i was really happy with it i felt like super gay even though i think I was dating a boy, like, two months later. <laughs> but you know what? I felt you went really to prom good. with that hair, yeah. didn't you? No, it was with a prom. Boy. It was winter formal. Winter formal. Okay. So, yeah, it was just, like, I don't know, but I felt so empowered by it, and I loved it, and I was just, like, the happiest camper in the universe with it's, that hair. Yeah, it's so funny, because when I think back to my hair, like, it had nothing to do mm-hmm. with my queerness, like, until, like, college, then I was all, like... I'm a rebel. <laughs> like, I want to be metal. And, oh like, shaved the side of my head off. I know, because you've kind of done your crazy hair stuff in the last few years. I wouldn't right? even say, is it crazy? Like, I just um, shaved. Yeah. I've shaved one side, then I shaved the side and the back. Then I did a complete undercut. And then I did a half undercut. Oh, I had a pixie haircut, too, when I was, like, my first year of college. I chopped it all off. Ah. Like, I looked like Peter Pan. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I did that to my hair, and then I... You know, I think I looked like Peter Pan, but I think I was trying to look like Tinkerbell, so it just... (laughs) It just didn't work. Yeah. It's so funny. And then I cut it off maybe, like, a year or two ago when I cut it all off. Yeah. Yeah, a while ago. And then I just, you know, I'd grown it out by then, so I did another pixie haircut. Mm -hmm. And then I was much better at styling it. And it grew out much better. It was so much better. Oh, yeah, this last time that you chopped it off, I was... I really dug. Like, when it was super short, like, you mm-hmm. legit looked like Mia Farrow. Mm. Like, I know, that's what everybody Well, you also it. bleached it platinum blonde. Very true. So. Yeah, there was a really bad hair dye incident where I tried to go red, <laughs> and then I had to call off work and tell them that my car was broken down because I had to schedule. In tears. I was crying. There was just a horrible emergency. It was like, my hair was like a tomato, and not in a pretty way, not in a fashionable yeah. way. So I had to make an emergency hair appointment, and then I just got it bleached, like, six times over yeah. until all the color I bet was anything, like, you went to that hair appointment, like, I was 
is going for red. And the lady's like, uh-huh, uh-huh. And she's, like, pouring the bleach right. on. And like, so, like, if maybe we could do, like, a lighter shade. Yeah, she's just, like, dumping oh gallons gosh. of bleach. She was like, oh, honey, what happened? And she was kind of foreign. So there was just wasn't that same amount of, like. Yeah, she was just, like, dumb bitch. Yeah. Oh, yeah. What did you do to your hair? Absolutely. And that bleach, I think, stunted your hair for a good year. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it just I, killed it. My hair's never been the same. <laughs> so, yeah, that's been the evolution of hair for me. Your hair? Yeah, I don't think my hair really represented my queerness. I think, like, grow, like it's very different, like, where you grow up, I think, because in a mm-hmm. beach city, you know, having raggedy hair mm-hmm. means nothing. It's, it's the just, norm. it's the norm. It's what happens. You know, you get beach curls. No big deal. But when you, like, if I had that same hair in L.A., I think it would be more considered dykish because it's like, oh, she doesn't take care of her hair. She doesn't style her hair. She doesn't care, you know. And I think that's more associated with, like, queer women is, like, the... I guess. Yeah. yeah so I think relaxed. it kind of depends on, like, where you grow up uh-huh. to, like, what your hair means. Because I think, like, if I had the same haircut that I do now in San Francisco, where everybody is kind of, <laughs> like, <laughs> weird or queer, you know, it just it, it, it doesn't have as big as an impact. That's a very good point. Yeah, Mm -hmm. down here it does. Yeah, so me and you both are Southern California babies. Yeah, because I grew up in Palm Springs where everybody's pretty gay. Yeah. (laughs) Palm Springs probably turned me gay. Dinah, I know. You know what? It's so funny. I didn't even know what Dinah Shore was until I watched The L Word. I had no idea. You just thought it was like like an average party? I never heard of it. How do you grow up in Palm Springs and not hear of Dinah Shore? I have no idea. And, like, let me tell you guys, like, I was in the gay-straight alliance. Like, I had a community around me. Yeah. But every one of your neighbors. And I know Dinah Shore, like, the street. I just... (laughs) (laughs) That you had to drive on every day. Because all of our streets are, like, Dinah Shore and Frank Sinatra. Yeah. But I had never even heard of the party. And I watched Shell Word, and I was like, oh, my God, they're going to my town. What's this? What's this? Dinah? Dinah? Right? I was like, oh, there's a party on that street? No, no, no. <laughs> the party is that. Yeah, it was just mind-blowing. That's so, so funny. Evidently, Palm Springs didn't teach me as much as I like to think about being gay. Well, I think that's, like, that's a thing, though. Like, being encompassed by gay, uh-huh. it's not, like, said, like, you know. True, nobody needs to say, like, oh, Dinah Shore, that gay thing. Yeah, it's exactly. Just like, we're going to Dinah. I, yeah, I guess. Well, that's, like, if you grow up in a neighborhood where, like, there's other queer people around you or it's mm-hmm. just like more like like LA like if you were downtown mm-hmm. LA like gay is all around you it's you're not you don't have to be conscious of it but yeah, like if you true. grow up in an area like Beaumont that doesn't have <laughs> any gayness to it then then things are pointed out more then it matters more, like, what you wear and how you do your hair and stuff. Yeah, you know, it's an interesting point. Like, I remember we had, like, a pizza shop down there, and the place above it, I want to say it was called, like, Levels or something. It's definitely not there anymore. But it was just, like, there was a gay bar above the pizza shop. We always used to go into the pizza shop. And it took me, like, four years to realize, mm-hmm. even with all the, like, rainbow flags <laughs> and everything above it. You're just like, this is the Palm Springs flag. I was like, what's that club up there? Like, Levels. I was like, so cool. We should go by. <laughs> day and I was like oh my god it's a gay club and I just never knew yeah what what would um what's like an everyday outfit for you back then then like progress into like when you started being more queer what did it turn into your little gaby self and for can you define gaby because I'm going to be using that word a lot 
I like to think of as like Gaby as like the new gay person. Mm-hmm. She or he is young. They're naive. They're they, in that discovery phase. Yes, and they want to be part of a community. Nothing wrong with any of that. No, and like, I think like we use Gaby. I wouldn't say as an insult, but we use it as a joke word because, like, I yeah. think everybody has that gaby phase where we're like, "Oh yeah." Ainsley we- likes to say that she wasn't a gaby ever. Well, I mean, <laughs> I'm just too cool for school. But we all so. know everybody has. <laughs> we'll find pictures eventually. Right? <laughs> You're gonna like finally open up a photo album and be like, "You look at look at your rainbow bracelets, you little oh, liar." <laughs> so, like, my original outfits, I would say, like. I, I don't even know how to describe this bracelet. I had a neon green one and a neon purple one. Gaby I would wear one on each hand, and they were zippers. Like, it was a oh bracelet made God. up of zippers. So, like, when I think of Gabies, I think of a few things. Um, you wear a lot of rainbow stuff to Absolutely. represent. Because you want everybody to know. Yeah, you want everybody to know, and you want to try and find people in your community. Makes yes. total sense, but, like, when you wear a rainbow belt buckle, yes. like, you look a little funny. Like, that's why we use it as a joke. So I think of rainbow. Mm-hmm. I think of neon. Uh huh. Yeah, definitely. You know, and most of all, I think hot topic. Uh, yeah. The store. I you th- know what? I never so like I never shopped at hot uh, hot topic, but I still managed to be a gaby despite that. I definitely had I had what? Oh my god! I got a few T-shirts at like my first gay pride mm-hmm. when I was in high school. It was like. Oh, one of them was like an aerial one. It was like I kissed a girl or something like yeah, that. Yeah, like, and that's just why I think girl. Oh my gosh, Hot Topic. Because when you walk into Hot Topic, like that's what you see. Like those are the types of shirts that you see. Yeah, and they have like the neon rainbow. That was my first r- one. Rubber bracelets and stuff. So when I say Hot Topic, I mean like it's a legit, style. Like. And then I also had like a some girls like girls get over it, you know. And this was like back in the days, back in the day, not that long ago, you <laughs> Two know, years ago. before like marriage equality was everywhere, and you had to yeah. be like, you had to almost be salty about it, you know, mm-hmm. like oh get over it and that kind of stuff. And now yeah. I don't think it's that aggressive per se anymore because it doesn't. Oh, but like I feel like now like gabies are getting more gabyish because. A, I think there's more hot topics in the world than ever. Uh-huh. <laughs> so I feel like they have more opportunities to shop. Right. And then I think also, like, with queer being so big in the media uh-huh. right now, the over the past couple of years it's gotten bigger and bigger and bigger, and everybody's shipping, you know, queer characters. Mm-hmm. You know, there's more merchandise. It is a lot more accessible, like with Target doing, like, pride displays and stuff. Yeah. Like, you can just go to your casual Target. I don't think you could do that before, because I no. never remember going to Target to get something Even gay. Hot Topic, like, now, like, you go into Hot Topic, you know, at the end of May, and it's uh-huh. like pride central yeah. it's like everything rainbow calls drag race shirts yeah just stuff. everything gay you can like in pop uh-huh. culture you can find it hot topic um during pride month or you know right before or after and i remember being in high school and like trying to find something gay yeah you know and like for me what would represent my gayness is to take away my femininity. That mm-hmm. was kind of the only way you can kind of, like, showcase your queerness. Yeah. You know, you couldn't just wear it a shirt. Like, rainbows or masculinity, take your pick. <laughs> yeah, so it's either you had to wear this blatant, like, rainbow suspenders, yeah. or you had to be more masculine. Mm-hmm. You know, you couldn't be, like, this femme lesbian and, you know, have people know that you're gay. Well, even now, you know. Even now it's difficult but a being less, a femme. But, you're right. but I think it's a little bit more accessible because like you can be a femme lesbian get a femme 
cut shirt, you know, mm-hmm. where it has the shorter sleeves, it has, you know, you know, the hip indents, as uh-huh. I call them, you know, to show off the waist, that says, like, fuck it, I'm queer. So, like, now you can find yeah. feminine products. But I think, like, back when I was, like, middle school, high school, trying to find queer fashion, it's like, oh, do I go stereotypical and wear flannels and, like, argyle sweaters? (laughs) You know? (laughs) You know, so you kind of have to go, you know, you were kind of forced into the more masculine route, or Mm -hmm. you hid your identity and hid behind femininity still. Yeah. So I think it was kind of like a balancing act. So I think it's just more accessible now, which is awesome which i think helps take away from stereotypes now yeah true you know now you can't just point out every lesbian (laughs) you can't just be like lesbian 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 (laughs) now that flannel is so flannel is so accessible yeah now flannel isn't just for home depot workers and dykes (laughs) which is kind of a shame i mean i know like i know that everybody should share in the glory that is flannel yeah t-shirt well excuse me flannel shirts and sweaters and whatnot yeah. but not not in love with it <laughs> now you can't tell because you see like a somewhat alternative like maybe she's a little androgynous or maybe she just really likes flannel who really knows yeah there's always that fun game that you get to play on the streets now and it's called like when you see somebody um it's called lesbian hipster or homeless person <laughs> that's horrible it's horrible but it's like that's kind of what the fashion is kind of like it's like you wear lots of layers and you wear flannels around your waist and you wear beanies in the summer and it's like (laughs) that's accurate you know and it's like you know I would wear a flannel in high school and wear a beanie on my head and it was like, ooh, she's so gay. But now if I, I did know, it. I know, now she's just, like, trendy. Now I'm just hot topic. Now she's an Instagram model. Yeah. Like, you can't really tell. Especially, like, you know, if I have a locally grown coffee. <laughs> you know? Like, I can't, like, my fashion sense now is the type of fashion that, like, if I hold a Starbucks, they know I'm gay. But if I hold, like, some off-brand coffee... <laughs> Then it's like, ooh, is she a famous Instagram model? Who knows? <laughs> yeah. So, in middle school, because I think middle school for both of us is kind of the time where we started to really think about sexuality. So, middle school started, I don't think I even knew how to baby dyke back then. So, it was just like, <laughs> it was baby dyke without even knowing that I was yeah. baby dyke. You know, it was like my pre baby dyke stage. So it's just, like, the zippered bracelets, yeah, really bad makeup, like, gold eyeshadow. You know, because, like, kids these days. Like, oh, my God, were you a drag queen? Oh, my God. You know, it's hard because <laughs> kids these days, like, you know. Know how to, like, contour. Ween. Yeah, they know how to contour. They know how to highlight. Like, I can't even get mascara on my eye, and these girls like, draw penis eyeliner. Did you see that story? I've never seen it. Oh, you know how, like, most girls do, like, the cat eyes uh-huh. where they have, like, the little wings? Oh, my God. She, she made dicks. it, like, dicks. Amazing. It's freaking amazing. I'm, also like, so disgusting, but amazing. Like, I can't even draw a straight line on a piece of paper, and let alone managed, my eyelid. She managed art. Yeah, yeah it was art. just, like, it was such a different world, you know? Like, you were using, like, $2 drugstore eyeshadow that your mom yeah. bought you, kind of laughing at you the whole time, but, yeah. like, you know, you went to the store with her, she's like, I'll buy you $5 in makeup, you pick what you want, girl. And I bought, like, my gold eyeshadow, I bought some blue mascara, you know, it was just, oh, like, my God. it was such a different world back then. You were RuPaul. Yeah. You were was, a gaby RuPaul. It was a different time. So, yeah, that was, like, me back in middle school. And then in high school, 
Honestly, what I were the clothes was... like? You just told me gold okay. eyeshadow. What? So what like clothes my clothes, we, we had a uniform in middle school. Oh, I was I at forgot. a charter school, so it was a middle. Like you know, so it was a lot of khaki. Well, I wore khaki. You could wear jeans. <laughs> <laughs> but... That is the gayest thing that you could do. Like when you have the option. To not wear khakis, but you still choose khakis. I want to say, like, I was so behind the times. You know, like, this is, like, the time when Hollister and Abercrombie is becoming a thing. And girls, like, all my friends, because I was in the popular group, I was... (laughs) I was probably the pity girl. <laughs> They're like, oh, we knew her since elementary. We have to keep like her those around. Like teen movies where, like, they find that one girl to, like, soup up and make hot. Yes. Like, it's oh, my goal. gosh. It's you were the clueless girl. Oh, my <sighs> God. You're Brittany Murphy. I mean, and, like, don't get me. These girls are so nice to me. They, like, yeah. took tons of pity. And I knew them. And I still know them, you know. But it's, uh-huh. like, so back then, they were all shopping at, like, Hollister and all these places buying skinny jeans, which were coming into fashion. Oh it was, like, God. the newest thing. We're, like, yeah. skinny jeans and I was like yuck so I had you know maybe a couple pairs of like flare jeans like boot cut more like flare than boot cut okay let me tell you okay you know and I just had really lame outfits um you know in my school uniform shirt the first year sixth grade we didn't have uniforms and like my go-to was this pink shirt with a giant bejeweled butterfly on it to give you some reference this is so crazy because like when me and you, sixth grade middle school, uh-huh. we would still wear shirts that, like, this generation wouldn't be caught dead in past the age of five. Yeah, absolutely. You know? And it's so crazy to me that, like, now when they're 11 and 12, they're little fashionistas, and I haven't hit that yet. Well, you know, joke's on them, because they didn't get to live the bedazzling trend. That's right. So, bedazzled who really cell won? phone, bedazzled pager. Yeah, you're welcome. So, like... <laughs> I kind of actually went out, and I got to wear some really cool stuff. <laughs> cool. Okay. So, you know, that was middle school, and I got into high school, and, you no know. No more dress code. No more No uniform. more dress code. Well, I mean dress, well, dress code. dress code, but not uniform. Know. But, yeah, no more uniform. And so, like, I had never developed a sense of style because I just wanted. You never had to. Yeah, I never had to. I, honestly, middle school actually kind of saved me when they got uniforms because I was going down a dangerous road with that gold dazzled butterfly and gold eyeshadow <laughs> yeah and gold eyeshadow so you know saved me a good one no let's be honest I wore the eyeshadow in eighth grade so uniform saved me from nothing oh yeah so you know it's like I got into high school got a bunch of skinny jeans because I caught up on that trend three years later yeah and yeah so I just wore like skinny jeans and t-shirts like Mm-hmm. And that was kind of my go-to. I would wear just, like, really lame, plain T-shirts. Half of them were out of the boys' department and didn't really fit my chest because I had big boobs by then, you know. <laughs> and I was just, like, really lame. And honestly, I've carried the same style. I think I kind of wear the same thing now. Yeah. I wore a lot of skinny jeans. They're just higher-waisted. And <laughs> I wear a lot of T-shirts. And they're from the boys' department. I think you're making it a little bit too masculine sounding because like no, I and I wasn't very masculine I know I shouldn't say like oh they're all from the boys department like I just looked no. like a really lame dressed girl you just look like a plain Jane yeah you didn't have yeah like that a... was really it like I just I wore Converse. but still a Jane not a James <laughs> you know <laughs> no I didn't even wear Converse I think I just wore oh my gosh it was the desert so you wore flip-flops true everywhere. I wore a lot of flip-flops yeah I didn't get my first pair of Converse until my first year of college that's so weird I had Converse the day I went to kindergarten. 
wow. Yeah. Everybody had Converse in fifth grade, and I just, I didn't get Vans. I didn't get Converse. And not because my mom didn't want to buy them well, for me. Well, beach vibes, I think. Like, Vans and Converse. Yeah. You know, growing up on an island. Yeah, growing up in Palm Springs, um, we referred it to, or excuse me, we referred to it as Satan's asshole. So <laughs> yeah. it was just like a lot of flip flops. I had a kitten, like an occasional skirt, a couple pairs of shorts. But yeah, I just wore like a lot of t shirts and I looked like a guy from the back once I had my pixie cut oh. because it was just like jeans and yeah, t shirts. Yeah, like guys were wearing skinny jeans. Yeah. Oh, I, yeah. Yeah. Little skater boy revolution. So it was just. Yeah. Yeah, honestly, style was not really my forte back then, and it still isn't now. It's, I mean, it's more feminine now, but it's Mm -hmm. definitely pretty lame. Yeah. Well, I think just, like, me growing up, again, like, on an island, it's such, like, beach vibes, man, that, like, nobody is conscious, really, of what they wear. Yeah. Like, you're all in the water anyways. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Right. No, but I just mean, like, especially uh, on Catalina Island, where it's such a tourist island, it's not really meant to be lived on. (laughs) Um, You know, so it's all, like, um, guys from the mainland. That's a good point. You know, coming over, being like, party island, bro. So it's just, like, douchebag college kids. Half the population is shirtless, I'm sure. Yeah, so it's either they come, exactly, they either come over shirtless or they wear Hawaiian shirts, which I'm like, we're still California. Uh Uh-huh. We're not Hawaii. I don't get this Hawaiian (laughs) shirt crazy. And like, backwards, upside down, um, visors. (laughs) Um, so, (laughs) I mean, growing up, we just kind of like made fun of people for wearing stuff that they think they should wear but when you actually live on an island it's just like <laughs> like whatever you can find because again like how whatever rags you can strap on no it's like it's so touristy that there's you know there's like a Vons, but there's not like a walmart <laughs> a target there's no there's no clothes shopping so it's uh, just kind of like oh okay like whatever you can find so like i wore a lot of catalina island neon pink t-shirts like tourist t-shirts yeah because you know like that's hilarious especially when you're really young and you know i have a sibling and my mom was like a stay-at-home mom um during the day and then worked at a bar because that's all there is is bars and restaurants (laughs) um you know so she didn't really want to take my brother and i on a two-hour boat ride to go shopping on the mainland shopping (laughs) to get clothes just to come back when you're like three and four years old freaking (laughs) <laughs> Put them in a, a, a swimsuit. They're fine. Right. They can run around all day in their swimsuit. So um, I think that's kind of like what happened with my fashion is that I grew up on an island where everybody just wears whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it very much like, I don't think I ever saw anybody in a dress shirt unless it was a tourist. And like, that's when you know they're a tourist when like they have like a tie. Like, if you owned a tie on Catalina Island, we're like, oh, you tourist. (laughs) So, you know, I had never seen fashion. You know, Uh and again, like, I think a lot of kids, especially in the 90s, because this is the 90s, so it's not like there was internet or anything really. Like, internet existed. (laughs) Yeah. But it wasn't accessible. You know, like, I didn't have internet for years. Uh Uh-huh. So, like, and we didn't have magazines. So, I think, like, without the internet, a lot of, like tweeny fashion and like kid fashion came from like tiger bead and like j14 and yeah. stuff and it's like nope didn't have those magazines because you can't buy them out of bonds <laughs> so it was just kind of like i grew up in a world of where every guy wore swim trunks everywhere yeah. <laughs> you know and you know women just would wear 
shorts. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody's in shorts. Um, or, you know, Catalina Island, you can go grocery shopping in your swimsuit. Uh-huh. And that sounds really weird, but, like, when the Vons is literally three steps away from the beach, uh-huh. you know, people would just come in and out. So, really, I didn't have any fashion sense until I moved <laughs> to the mainland, and then all of a sudden I was like, what the fuck is pants, for one? <laughs> like, I didn't have a pair of pants <laughs> until I moved to the mainland. And all of a sudden I was like, okay. And so I'm so used to wearing, like, comfortable clothing uh-huh. that when I bought pants, I didn't <laughs> buy, like, good-fitting pants. Like, I bought, like, the baggiest, most oh comfortable, like, 90s pants you could. Like, That's you know, amazing, the big, <laughs> like, the big flared-out not even, like, flared-out bootleg, but, like, flared-out thighs. Gay. Super gay. And then, you know, I was still wearing, like, all my Catalina Island <laughs> neon pink shirts. Uh, but then I started to figure it out. And then uh, my mom was the type of mom who wanted, like, to match. Oh, man. That's adorable. Yeah. My mom got us lots of matching outfits. Yeah. So my mom and dad really liked this company called Big Dog. And basically it's like... (laughs) Oh my gosh, I remember that! Yeah, it's so freaking 90s. Um, Basically Big Dog is just like this big dog who, you know, does funny shirts. Yeah. Basically. You know, all the dad shirts are like this dog like grilling or like fishing. And all the kid shorts are like, oh, the dog's dressed up as your favorite character from TV. Like... So... My parents just, like, only bought us big dog shirts as, like, a family collective. (laughs) So until I hit middle school, I just wore big dog and Catalina Island shirts (laughs) until all of a sudden I got to middle school. And that's when I think people start making really fun of you Mm -hmm. for your clothes. I think all of a sudden that switch turns where they're like, what is this? What is this big dog you, you wear? know, which is ironic, because, like, the most fashionable stuff that we wore in middle school would be so thoroughly laughed at today. Yeah. You know? Like, ours was, like... Like, puka shell necklace. Oh, puka shell Super necklaces. fashionable, but hilarious today. I had tons of those beachy... You know, anything with a shell on it, really. <laughs> which is so funny, because you live in the desert. Oh, my God. Nowhere yeah. near the beach. Don't think that escaped me. <laughs> oh, you know what? I had this really big... My sister bought it for me when I went to visit her. You know, she's, like, 10 years my senior. So I went out to Huntington Beach to visit her, Ooh. and she bought me this beautiful... I mean, what was beautiful at the time? It's this green... You know, it's got, it's got like a cord or like 16 cords all connected to <laughs> yeah. one. And they're all like with green little tiny beads on them. Neon green. Yeah, of And course. then at the end it has Because gay bees have to have neon. Right. It has this really big, like the size of your fist shell at the end of it. It was just this hideous necklace yeah. that I wore for maybe like a year straight mm-hmm. because my sister had bought it for me and I yeah. thought it was so cool. Oh, yeah. You know, it's like if your sister got it for you. Oh, mm-hmm. it has to be cool. She's like older you know yeah. everybody above you asked to know what the coolest stuff is you know and I wore it with like my Quicksilver shirt when uh-huh. Quicksilver when was Quicksilver around. was popular <laughs> that's so funny because like I would say I got handy-downs a lot which is unfortunate for I am a female and my I have an older brother so that's all cool. my handy-downs this handy-downs hand-me-downs <laughs> um were from him so it's like, oh, you need a new pair of pants? Take your brother's. And it's like, okay, that's great. He's four years older than me. So not only are they masculine clothes, but they're 
way too big. Like, way too big. So, all my pants were huge on me. And all my shirts, because, you know, my brother was a skater boy. Oh, so they had to be loose. and Oh, yes, they were super baggy. And they were just, like, World Industries and Tony Hawk. So, yeah, that was unfortunately my middle school time. Because my brother massively changed his wardrobe when he went to high school so right when he got to high school he gave me all of his middle school clothes when I was in (laughs) middle school so I went from just like wearing virtually swim gear to big dog shirts to skater boy clothes that were way too big I mean like I was wearing extra large Tony Hawk shirts and I was like (laughs) 80 pounds It was just so bad. It's a dress. Yeah, and then I don't know why anybody talked to me. Like, honestly, it was hideous. And then I still had, you know, just, like, terrible hair. So I think everybody assumed I was gay. Uh Uh-huh. Even though, like, at that time, I really wasn't thinking about sexuality at all. Like, I didn't have, like I said, like, I didn't really have crushes yet. Uh Like, I wasn't thinking that way because I was just so busy, you know, playing sports sometimes it's hard to tell if your clothes are even linked to your sexuality or if we just dressed so badly just because yeah yeah you know but i it's tough because then there's like those big stereotypes of like cargo shorts oh yeah like oh i had cargo shorts heck yeah like to this day i have cargo shorts yeah you do (laughs) yeah i I wear them quite often do i care no they're handy I can fit my phone in them, which in most women's shorts, I cannot. So, ha ha. So, I think there's, like, stereotypes of, like, but when I was in middle school, I was like, no, that's just what I had. Like, that's what I liked. And it, it, like, there wasn't a connection to sexuality, even though other people gave that to me. Yeah. So, I think when I hit high school, man, things changed for sure. Yeah. Basketball shorts. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I never wore those, but I would assume that literally anybody I saw in basketball shorts was gay. Yeah. I think it, I think what happened is, you know, I finally figured out uh-huh. sexuality. Uh-huh. And then I kind of told myself that, like, sexuality to other people is linked to fashion. Uh-huh. Or, in my case, lack thereof yeah. fashion. <laughs> and so I think I was kind of like, like, what do I want here? Do I, should I change what is comfortable for me so that people stop assuming my sexuality or do I just want to take it and just be like yeah I'm gay and I wear jorts what up you know so I think high school I kind of hit that medium Uh uh-huh you know where I started to kind of change my fashion and then I started to get my own clothes finally instead of my brother's um so you know I got skinny jeans because again all the rage. I was 10 years too late. But, um, I started to get skinny jeans, and then it made me feel a little bit better about my shirts. Mm -hmm. Because it's like, okay, I'll wear tighter, more feminine pants. So that means I can be more masculine on top. Cool. And I dated boys, so apparently it didn't scream sexuality. Isn't that funny? Yeah. My, the guy that I dated after I got the pixie cut, he actually asked me if I was gay. (laughs) Um, no what gave you that idea big group of us including me and him hanging out of the house I was really flirting with a girl who wanted to have sex with me really badly and you know can't say the feeling wasn't mutual but um 
we were just kind of joking around, flirting, mm-hmm. like, oh, you, oh, you. And, yeah, we got in the, I got in the car with him because we were all carpooling in separate cars, though, to go somewhere else. So that's that not carpooling. House. But yeah, okay. it's not carpooling. Okay. <laughs> so everybody kind of split off into a few little groups. And into a few little orgies, it seems. <laughs> like, whoever car you got in, that's who you like. A few little couples, yep. <laughs> and he got in the car with me, and he was like, so are you gay? I was like, <laughs> I was like, why? He's like, well, you have really short hair. And... Yeah you kind of want to bang that girl. I was like, no, what? No, I want to bang you. <laughs> <laughs> I know, a little naive more. You know, and it's like I knew, but I didn't yeah. know. You know, it's all of that. Like, you subconsciously, of course, know that you are interested, but. I think back when, you know, we were in high school and growing up, like, it was okay to be 16 and not know your sexuality. Mm-hmm. It was okay to be 20 and not know your sexuality. Now, you need to freaking know by your 11. Like, once you get, like, your first, like, armpit hair, you need to know your sexuality. And yeah. you need to know how to showcase your sexuality. And it's so crazy to me that 10 years ago, that was not the case. It was like, you know, everybody made the mm-hmm. joke, like, oh, well, in college... You know, that's yeah. when you experiment. So, like, to us, we were just, like... Now it's, like, oh, at band camp in elementary school. <laughs> yeah, like, these... You know, I hear these stories of these kids who are just, like, oh, yeah, like, I knew I was transgender since I was eight. And I was, like, I... What? How? Like, <laughs> and it's so good. Like, it must feel... You know, it must be really, really hard to mm-hmm. be that age and have to discover that about yourself and have the maturity level to deal with it. But how amazing to know your truth oh at, my like, God, at 11 years old. When it took so long for us yeah, to I, even figure out. I know, because I flip-flopped, you know, and then I was oh, like, yeah. oh, maybe I just casually like girl, you know, and there were just, like, so many different phases. I almost want to call them phases, because I just yeah. had a phase of, like, oh, no, I'm totally straight, and then I'd have, like, and then the next month. I'd and your like, outfits would match. <laughs> I'd be like, oh, Maureen, like, you're definitely You'd be like, here's my v-neck shirt. Right. Here's my skinnies. Like. Yeah, and it was just, yeah. It was a weird world back then. But yeah, indefinitely. And I'm sure that I was completely confusing. Because here I was in the GSA, the the Gay Straight Alliance. Yeah. Keep you guessing. You know, am I just an ally? Am I gay? You know, did I even know? Mm. In high school, is there really any allies in... Is there any straight people in the GSA? Because for (laughs) me, my GSA was just like, hey, we're all gay. Let's hang out at lunch. You know, to... Yeah. Like, I can't think of a single straight person that has been... To an extent, that was it. I did have maybe, like, a couple of, you know, but it's hard to tell, like, were they actually straight or did they just want to find a community to figure out if they were straight or not? I feel like most everybody, even if they were the straight part of the Gay Straight Alliance, was coming in there to figure out their, you know, their Their own sexualities and whatnot. I feel like most people, if anybody came in under the guise of straight, not to say that it was guys, but if they came in under that label... You know, it was because they were curiosity. Yeah, you know. So yes, to be fair, (laughs) like I just think back to my GSA, and it's all the boys in it were what we described before with like styled, gelled hair. (laughs) Um, you know, nice pressed shirts and good fitting pants, and all the girls were just like hot topic (laughs) like and I hate to keep using that but like that's really what um queer women were like in my high school it was like there were a lot of chokers you know and this was this was before chokers got cool again let me make that disclaimer this was were they ever cool 
Uh, my thing, that's my thing, is whenever they're like, fashion comes back around, chokers and tiny sunglasses are back in. I'm like, what do you mean back, were they ever in? I don't know, but I wore a choker in fifth grade and fourth grade <laughs> for like a year straight. I was obsessed. <laughs> so, you know, it felt cool back then. Uh-huh. But yeah, so like these were a bunch of girls wearing chokers. Not when it was the cool thing to do, but when it was like And where do you get chokers? Hot topic. Along with your shirts. I actually got my choker at Claire's. But that's oh, beside oh, the point. Claire's. That was like. That's still around. I think Claire's for me was the shop that I went to when I, you know, got my feelings hurt about <laughs> my fashion. You know, like when people would be like, hey, you're you're pretty boyish. Like I can't like 101 times I got that, you know, through middle school. And then but once I think I hit high school, that's when it actually started to hurt. Yeah. You know, like, I was used to it in elementary school, and I was used to it in middle school, but Uh then when sexuality is the big question, like, who do you like, who do you want to, how are you going to prom, like, once high school hits, then it's very much like, oh, ow, it hurts when you call me boyish. (laughs) Like, now it actually hurts. So I think Claire's was, like, that place where I was all, like, I felt comfortable enough being a little bit more masculine going in there and being like, hey, I kind of want some girly stuff. You know, granted, mm-hmm. I grew up with a mother who's extremely dykish. Yeah. So, like, I never had that opportunity of, like, my mom. Like, your mom was horrified with your haircut. Oh, yeah. She's mm-hmm. a very feminine, kind of, like, she yeah. is like a housewife kind of woman. Oh, She's yeah. not, but, you know, She's very that's feminine very much looking. how she presents. You know, so you had that where, like, your mom was like, ooh, that hair, too boyish. Mm-hmm. No, no. My mom was like, oh, you, are you sure you want a skirt? Yeah, definitely. You know, she was that one that's like, no, I know, your mom was probably shorts. one of those ones like, oh, skirts don't look very comfortable, so yeah. why would you wear that? Yeah. My mom was always comfort, like, even until I was 16. I just told you this a couple weeks ago, yeah. and you're like, that is fucked. Uh, my mom still measured my pants for me. She would make me, even until I was 16, she would make me come out of the dressing room. She would make me lift my shirt and she would put her fingers in the band to make sure they fit me. And then she would be like, no, 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 those are too tight. So having a mom that does that and, you know, to the point where, you know, like I think some moms are like, those jeans are too tight. They give you muffin top or, you know, that's kind of what moms do. are like, no, that shows your boobs too much. My mom was just like, if it's not three sizes too big, <laughs> it is not okay. I am not buying that. Uh, I so know. I had that on top of it. So, like, I'm trying to figure things out. Like, I can already kind of start to understand my sexuality, mm-hmm. you know. But the the clothing was such a struggle because in my head I was like, my clothing has nothing to do with my sexuality. And I wanted to showcase that. <laughs> so says you. Yeah, you know, says me, but everybody else is like, it has everything to do with your sexuality. Like, you oh, can't yeah. date boys if your pants aren't, like, blood-restrictingly, <laughs> like, right. skinny. So, like, high school was a struggle fashion-wise, I think. And I say fashion very loosely because there was no fashion. <laughs> fashion implies and style, no. and I had none of that. But then sports came in for me. And I gotta say, I think sports was my saving grace because finally I found other young women mm-hmm. who shared that struggle uh-huh. because they, you know, <coughs> always wanted to wear sports gear. Mm-hmm. You know, they always, you know, were wearing 
um, basketball shorts and stuff. So it was it, okay. it was such a saving grace. Like, there are still those really feminine athletes, don't get me wrong whatsoever, but I would say the majority of the girls that I met yeah, you know, I, I were was, more on the masculine side. I was on the swim team, and that was not... Yeah, you can't really be too cute when you're on the swim team, because it's like... Mm. No, I'm saying it, it was very feminine. Really? All the girls on my swim team were very feminine people. A lot of them were very popular people. Yeah, it was super. These okay, girls... stop saying pop. Stop trying to tell people that you were the popular <laughs> kind, up. okay? No, see, that's the comparison part. <laughs> I hung out around these popular people, but I was the pity person. You were the duff. Like. I, was like, <laughs> I was like, oh, you know, it was that girl. They're like, oh, Maureen, she's so sweet. <laughs> like, yeah, that's she's true. Like, so you never got the nice. pretty. <laughs> like, she's so unique. <laughs> you know, she's such a good swimmer. Too bad she's not very good at putting on makeup. Like, oh, my know. God. So, in this sentence, you have mentioned that you were popular and you were a good swimmer. What else? Did you go to Harvard, <laughs> Maureen? <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's but great. so I feel like I had a team where it was just, like, I don't think there were any masculine or even androgynous people. It was mm-hmm. all just, like... You get out of practice, you put on your makeup, you know, you put on your perfumes, you smell good, you get out of there, mm-hmm. you look fantastic. And everybody's like, oh, wow, the swim team girls, who's that one at the back? Oh, that's Maureen. Like, <laughs> it was, it was so nice for me. I played basketball. And one of the things is if you had a home game that day, you would wear dress clothes. You know, the, the guys team would wear a dress shirt and tie. Oh, yeah, so for home games, you always... Oh, you always... know what? They did that for our men's basketball team. Yeah. So for the females, at first, I would have been so worried because <laughs> I'm like, oh, God, does that mean I have to buy a dress? Like, what is this? <laughs> and then, you know, it was just like slacks and a nice top. And oh. it was like, it was so nice to like look around like my teammates and be like, oh, like they may know how to do their hair and, oh. you know, they actually know how to do makeup. But in a general sense, we look pretty similar, mm-hmm. you know, and when you're out on the court or when you're doing sports, nobody looks good. <laughs> if you look good playing sports, you are not playing hard enough. Like, the <laughs> basketball, like, I, like our entire team looked like monsters because it's just, like, sweat. <laughs> aggression. Just aggression, you know. Like, nobody looks good running. <laughs> just in general, I don't think anybody looks really good running. Uh-huh. Um, especially me, whose cheeks turned so red that it looks like my head is going to pop. I'm just saying, I looked great in a swim cap, no hair, <laughs> submerged under the water like yeah. a whale. <laughs> yeah, so I, I think sports really did save me and, like, made me more comfortable with, like, my fashion. So it's like, yeah, I'm gonna wear skinny jeans, but I'm also gonna wear, you know, a t-shirt. Uh-huh. Like, I'm not gonna wear something that I'm not comfortable yeah. enough in. And now I look at my fashion, I'm like, oh, shit hasn't changed. Like, I'm still, like, <laughs> jeans and a t-shirt. <laughs> that's that's all I wear. But now, and this is what I really want to get into, is the fact that, like, that's now the normal queer woman. You know, it was, like, jeans and a t-shirt. That's very true, you know? Now, like, throw a flannel over it, and then people know for sure, you know? I don't like, even mean that. Like, I mean, like... Okay, think back, like, 90s. Like, Ellen, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's, like, Melissa Etheridge. Like, that's <laughs> that's what you thought gay uh-huh. wore. Like, True. Like, 80s-style jeans where your butt looks flat. 
you know, like I said before, like that's all of my jeans, <laughs> like argyle sweaters, and you know that's what we thought queer fashion was. So like to us, there was no feminine queer women. Uh huh. There was no middle, like masculine feminine. There was no androgynous. Um, there was really only dyke or butch. Very good point. That's all there was. I know, there wasn't, like, a feminine queer, I mean, it just... No, it was just dykes on bikes. Like, you, <laughs> like, when you thought in the 90s or early 2000s, like, what a queer woman looked like, you thought motorcycle lady. <laughs> a leather vest. Yeah, like, you thought of, like, those hundred footers where, like, you know they're a lesbian from a hundred feet away. <laughs> Oh like, my god. That's what you think of, right? Yeah. And now it's so unassuming. Like all the queer women that I'm thinking of is like jeans and a t shirt. They're like those thrasher girls that I like to call. You're right though. The style really has changed. They're it's just, more if it even exists, you know, there's a queer style. I don't think there is anymore. Like and don't get me wrong, I don't think every queer woman in the nineties and early two thousands looked like a leather <laughs> daddy. <laughs> Like, I don't mean that, but, like, that's what we thought. Uh But now I think things are changing so much so that, like, that's not the normal queer woman that we picture. Yeah. Which is so, so nice for me because I feel like now I fit more into the queer fashion realm. Mm -hmm. Like, I feel like what I wear is almost fashionable. Like I said, it's very hipster-esque. Yeah. You know, like, there's there's not really a, I know, you stuck with it long enough. Yeah, and now it's come, come back. back, you know? Um, and I call them Thrasher Girls because, you know, like, like the skateboarding magazine Thrasher, like how you always have, like, that black shirt with, like, the yeah. Thrasher and flames. And, like, that's what they wear. They wear Vans. Mm-hmm. They wear their skinny jeans. And then they wear a t-shirt. Mm-hmm. You know, and usually a little bit baggier t-shirt. So, like, you know, but then they do their hair really femme. Mm-hmm. You know, or they'll, they'll wear some form of makeup so it's kind of I do love that that's like the best style like my favorite and what I wish I could wear as a style and just you know even if I had the hair for it it's just like skinny jeans like some vans or skater shoes a button-down shirt like Mm -hmm. a collared shirt and then long hair and makeup like oh I wish I could embody that (laughs) yeah and so that's what I love so much is now now it isn't just like oh either you're a super masculine dyke or Uh you're a very unassuming that's a good point there's a lot of lipstick lesbian so it's not that you are this super masculine queer woman or Uh you are this very unassuming feminine queer Uh woman now (laughs) now there's a middle ground which is so exciting I think that's where a lot of queer women are falling into mm-hmm. is this middle unassuming like it is a little assuming but it's also unassuming you know kind of depending on where you're at and there are just as many people outside of that I think yeah I mean there's still tons of very feminine lesbians you know that's my only worry though is that like I just you know because I feel like the more masculine you get the more gay you are assumed to be which mm-hmm. is so you know which is kind of a shame true like now feminine lesbians aren't lesbians they're bisexuals right <laughs> you know and that's what we start to think and and it's like feminine lesbians exist you just wouldn't know it because the stereotypes aren't there to any mm-hmm. extent you know so it's like i feel more gay when i'm in masculine clothes just because yeah. like that's just kind of what's been assumed by society you know mm-hmm. and that's just like projected onto myself by myself oh yeah to some extent but yeah, it's like I walk out in a dress and I just want to wear something that says gay. You know, yeah. it's like, you know, you want to either like 
I don't even know, cut your hair short or something or just, yeah. you know, this or that so that people know because mm-hmm. there's no bat signal that you can put up in the sky. <laughs> like, I'm gay. And it's like, like this rainbow. <laughs> and I see other gay people. Well, uh-huh. what I assume to be gay, you know, obviously I don't know. But what I assume to be gay because they're in masculine clothing or they look really androgynous. And I'm like, <gasps> I'm gay. Like, but... have a conversation. And they're like, why is this straight girl trying to flirt with me? She knows I just got over my last straight girl crush. Like, get away. <laughs> you know? And I'm like, please be my friend. yeah well I mean like it's a double-edged sword like to the point where like you don't have to be super masculine to be assumed queer which is kind of nice for someone like me or even for you who is a little bit more feminine I'm a little bit more masculine Mm -hmm. but now with how fashion is in general it's a very middle ground like androgyny is like what we aim for now I think like like vogue fashion Mm mm-hmm um vogue fashion is trying to be androgynous so it's kind of like they are blurring the genders Mm kind of together to create whatever this new fashion is going on so i feel like this also helps blur the the queer straight Uh (laughs) divide because now it's kind of like now since queerness is a little bit less unassuming in Uh some aspects i mean like gender queer people Man, that's a yeah. whole nother ball game, I guess. <laughs> but just like sexuality wise, I think now you can't assume mm-hmm. that I'm gay. Just like you can't assume that I'm straight because like a lot of women uh-huh. are wearing what I'm wearing that yeah. are straight. And a lot of women are wearing what I'm wearing being queer. Yeah, true. So, you know, now it's kind of like, ah, <laughs> like, what are you? Um, So like, what would be like your your definition of like queer fashion at this point oh like I know we just talked about how you can't assume yeah you know so to go back on all of that and just (laughs) ignore everything like this is like where you're like hey I'm kind of feeling because I think people want to know like how to pick them like in a crowd like because I think people are very like oh like is she or is she not Uh gay can I maybe ask her out can I approach her like what would be your advice like remember like remember in the l word like not to do another l word thing but I love the episode where they're trying to figure out um Dana has the crush on the chef chef, and they're like looking at her nails yeah and and like her her shoes (laughs) right you know so like what like how would we l word this Okay. Like, if I have a crush, or, like, I think I like this girl across the bar, like, what are we gonna look at? You know, like, what I generally look for, okay, so, like, first things first, because I think the most obvious is sometimes, and I'm not to say that every queer person has to have this, or, I don't know why, but it just- penis. Shut up. (laughs) So, I, like, tattoos usually, like, a good deal of tattoos Mm. usually signals- not even necessarily queer, but just other to me, you know? And tattoos yeah. are super common, but, like, they still signal something different to me. I think tattoos is such a great indicator, mm-hmm. um, depending on what type of tattoos, which I don't want to, like, stereotype, uh-huh. but I feel like a lot, like, you can kind of, like, if she has, like, a notebook quote, probably straight. <laughs> I don't know anybody who's ever had a notebook quote. Really? Okay. No well. So, but I think it kind of depends on the tattoo yeah. itself. Piercings are another thing. Um, but not necessarily because, like, girls get a lot of ear piercings these days and whatnot. Mm-hmm. 
Well, like, back in the 90s, like, it was the trend to have, like, 18 holes uh-huh. in one ear. Well, and, like, septum piercings are so popular now that it's mm-hmm. hard to really use that as a good one. But that in conjunction with tattoos. And then usually outfit-wise, well, no, I'll keep, like, hair-wise, mm-hmm. I'm... I usually assume shorter-haired people are gay. You know, if I'm looking for the most blatant queer, pe- like, queer mm-hmm. person in the room, I go, tattoos, piercings, hair, makeup. Are they wearing makeup? Mm-hmm. Because even though I'm queer and I love makeup and I love fooling around with it, I still just don't look for that in other queer people. Yeah. You know? So, like, that. And then clothing... Pants don't matter to me so much. I don't really look at pants, but more so like a t-shirt or a button-down kind of speaks to me a little more. Maren, I feel like you're really, like, selling, like, the masculine. I know, and honestly. And not the unassuming queer. I know, and it's just because the other day at work somebody came in and I was like, queer person, because I looked at them. They came up to the Uh register, and I don't even know. I have no idea if she was queer. Or even how she identified, you know, but it's just, I saw her and I was like, different person. (laughs) This person looks different, and so I assume that their differentness must stem from their sexuality, which is so, you know, but it's hard. (laughs) But it's like, you have to rely on stereotypes sometimes because, Mm -hmm. you know, I think we're not necessarily in that space, but it's still in that place where, like, if you assume wrong, it might not go well for you. You know, if you try to flirt with somebody... It could, like, obviously it could just end in, like, a person being weirded out, but it could also end in a person really going after you, you know? Like, what are you doing? Well, like, for me, I think it's a combination of things, Mm -hmm. which I think you went into. Like, oh, like, piercings, not necessarily, but if you see piercings with a certain type of tattoo, with a certain type of hair. It's like, I swear to God, every time we see somebody who we might think be queer, and I think everybody does this, it's like an algorithm runs through your head, and you're trying to (laughs) calculate. Like, checking off the boxes. Like, if they hit six boxes. And it's like that meme of that woman in front of all the math numbers. (laughs) Like, do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do. You know? That's so true. Like, for me, like, there's... I don't know, you kind of know this about me, but, like, uh-huh. to me, it does not matter if they're gay, straight, bisexual. Ainsley will go after anybody. Like, if <laughs> I want to talk to them, I'm going to talk to them. Which, and then like, if they're not queer, they're going to be queer by the end of the conversation. No, shut up, that's not even what I mean. Like, I mean, like, I will just assume that you're into me until you, like, and, like, <laughs> that sounds like, otherwise. oh, my God, I never realized, like, it sounds so, like, predatory, but, like. It sounds cocky. No, like, that's not what I'm saying. Like, okay, I'm going to talk to you and assume that, like, you feel the same way I feel. Like, oh, we're vibing each other. Uh-huh. Um, until it's obvious that you don't, uh-huh. which then is fine. Which is so fine in Southern California, but God forbid you grew up anywhere else. No, but, like, that's what I'm saying, though. Like, I'm not, like, predated, like, preying on these people. Like, I'm not coming, like, hey, I really dig you. Like, let's go. Like, I want to do, you know, like, I'm not doing that. Like, I'm coming up to you, having a conversation, and seeing where it leads me Uh into queer. Like, I don't look at somebody's clothing or fashion. I look to see if I like their face, Mm -hmm. if I like their vibes if I like what they say, and then within that talking, I can usually gauge a little bit better. I love that you're confident enough to do this. But that's what I'm saying. Like, I think more people should be more confident. 
But, like, you can't, like, come up, like, my thing is, like, I don't come up addressing you like I'm trying to go out with you or, like, I'm trying to hook up with you. I address you like, I want to have a conversation with you. Mm -hmm. And I think that's where the difference lies. Because I think I can't just be, like, let's say I'm at a straight bar, I see a girl that I'm into. Uh I'm not gonna walk up to her and be like, hey, I think you're really pretty, or, like, try and use a line on her. I'd be like, hey, like, you look really cool, can I, do you want to talk? Then, like, within a few, like, 30 seconds to a minute, either you get the, I'm here with my boyfriend, which, (laughs) cool, like, I didn't say that I was into you, I didn't say you were hot, like, I didn't give you any insinuation of my sexuality or, like, what I'm doing here, Uh I gave you the insinuation that, like, hey, like, I want to talk to you, I want to be your friend. Mm -hmm. So, I think that's kind of the route to go, you know. And I think it, and I think (laughs) it's, and I mean, unfortunately, being a woman, it's a little bit easier to approach other women uh-huh. in that way because I don't necessarily have to fear for my life. I know. I could see how, unfortunately, I think for men, it's a little bit different. Like, men approaching other men, if you're not sure of their sexuality, then that can go a lot more south than, like, yeah, you know. And I'm not saying there isn't circumstances where, like, women can be crazy and do crazy things, but I'm saying I think it's a lot more dangerous for, like, men to approach men that way. Mm -hmm. So I don't suggest that for men, but for women, like, never once have I approached a woman gay, straight, or indifferent, Mm -hmm. you know, for a conversation, and they were just like, how dare you? (laughs) You know, they're always just like, oh, no, I'm not really interested in talking. Mm -hmm. Or, oh, yeah, like, we can talk, but I have a boyfriend. Or, oh, yeah, come sit down, like, Mm-hmm. I may be some form of queer. You know, it's always gone that, those routes. It's never gone like, who do you think you're talking to? What is this? So, like, I don't think clothing. So, Ainsley's lessons in approaching queer people. Yeah, like, we could do a whole podcast on, like, where to, like, pick up queer people. Oh, yeah. You know, and, like, how to approach. Because I think the game. Maybe Ainsley will lead that episode. <laughs> I think I just come up to people, I'm like, hi, my name's Maureen, I'm gay, you're so pretty. That is exactly what you do. I feel like Waverly (laughs) on my own nerves sometimes, like, oh my god, you're so pretty, hi. (laughs) Like, like, hi, my name's Maureen, I'm vegan, I'm gay, let's go out. Yeah, that's very true. But I think, like, for me to, like, even if, like, I'm vibing in a conversation in that way, I think there is still stereotypical things that I look for to be, like, oh, is she just really nice, or is she, you know, (laughs) I, I think fingernails, yeah, is a big thing, not necessarily, like, oh, if you don't have fingernails, you're queer, or if you do have fingernails, but if you do have long acrylics, I'm going to take a bet, that you're probably not Mm -hmm. queer, or you're just a really mean bottom, <laughs> so, um, you know, I look for nails a lot because mm-hmm. I think, I think a for hygiene reasons. I think like, hey, if you have nice nails, like that's kind of cool. I dig that. <laughs> <laughs> but I think like shorter nails kind of is more stereotypically queer. Mm-hmm. Um, but femme lesbians have nails and they work around it. Um, so I don't think nails. Is just it, but I look at eyebrows a lot too. Eyebrows, interesting. Yeah, I, I think eyebrows are kind of like a tell-all. Really? In what way? Give me, give me some story here. I mean, I think a lot of women do their eyebrows, so I don't think that's like an indicator. But mm-hmm. I think a really big indicator is if like the thickness, like so I like thicker eyebrows mean you're gay. A little bit. 
think her eyebrows relate to queerness? I think so, in a way. Like, hmm. I mean, I think... Just look que- at Cara Delevingne. <laughs> <laughs> no, so, but, like, again, this is all, like, in association to, like, the bigger picture. Like, if you have short yeah, nails, if you have a little bit thicker eyebrow, if you're kind of sending mm-hmm. those vibes. So I think it's a little bit of everything kind of sends... Okay. The fashion. We'll have to do you picking up people episode. Oh my god, no. I don't pick people up well. I make <laughs> friends well. They're always like, I don't believe in the friend zone, it is a social construct. But I do believe that, like, I'm very good at being like, hey, and starting a conversation and realizing very quickly that, like, I am not sexually attractive to other people. <laughs> That Ainsley just made another best friend for life. <laughs> like, oh, Maybe great. that's why Ainsley has so many friends. <laughs> <laughs> They're all people that you tried to pick up. I think that really is. It's like, oh, yeah. And I'm like, yeah. And they're like, no. And they're like, wow, she's so cool, but not in that way. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, yeah. But I'll never say that I'm friend zone because I just don't believe that it is a thing that exists. Absolutely. So we're both in agreement that, like, queer fashion for us mm-hmm. in high school was very very different than what it is now yeah and i think when you're in your early 20s mm-hmm. your fashion starts to get a little bit better <laughs> yeah well <laughs> so, <laughs> starts to not be so so out there still working on it <laughs> yeah well i think it's a progression and then i think we can also agree that when you hit 40 <laughs> all lesbians look alike I'm just kidding. (laughs) But I think, like, it comes in stages. Like, you have, like, your gaby stage. You have your, like, established sexuality stage. Mm -hmm. Then you have, like, your older, been there, done there. Done that (laughs) stage. Yeah. You know, so I think it's kind of like like a progression that everybody has to go through. Which makes me so mad when these 12-year-old gabies, like are already, like, put together. Like, they already look like me now at age, like, 12 and 13. Uh, I know. And it really, it really hurts me. (laughs) (laughs) And also, it really hurts me, you know, this hipster community taking my fashion sense and making it cool. Like, I was like, I had this established fashion that everybody made fun of me for. Right. And now you guys took it, and now it's hot. And I hate it. (laughs) I hate you for it. Like, because now, like, I'm not just a lesbian. I'm a hipster lesbian. Uh-huh. You know? And that kind of bums me out a little bit that I'm associated with, like, the hipster movement. But <laughs> that's okay. Because, you know, I was there first. So that's all that <laughs> really matters. So it's okay, kids. You will grow out of this gaby stage. <laughs> it will happen eventually. So, <laughs> I'm still working on that part. I personally am still working on that part, but I know what happens. Yeah. I don't know when, but just keep chugging through kids and eventually your gabies will turn into like an established, like you'll become a person eventually, <laughs> you know? So I think that's going to do it for us today, guys. Make sure to follow us on Podbean, iTunes, Spotify. Leave those reviews. Heck yeah. Tell us about your terrible fashion sense and how it relates to us i would like to know if i was just a struggling teenager (laughs) or if this was something that's actually normal yeah if i was actually normal or not so make sure to leave a review tell us what you like what you don't like all that jazz um but until then stay queer